When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love stunts, I, love, I have to say, and I do as many as my, of my stunts as I physically can. Something to do with flying would be great, where I sort of, you know, come out of a, of a window or something and, you know, fly. The creators of the series very, very kindly finally put me behind the wheel where I've been longing to be. Did you have to campaign at all? Oh, I didn't campaign. I whined, I moaned, I cried, I sniveled, I was annoying. <laughs> Ask any podcaster, any real podcaster. It doesn't matter if you record in person or over video chat. Podcasting's podcasting. Welcome back to EW's Binge of the Fast Saga, full transcripts of which are available on EW.com. I'm Derek Lawrence, aka the guy who won as Dominic Toretto for two straight Halloweens. As that icon once said, the most important thing in life will always be the people in this Zoom, right here, right now. And for me, that's the Dom to my Brian, the Letty to my Mia, the Roman to my Tej, the Giselle to my Han. The Ramsey to my Queenie, the Jacob to my Cypher, new addition alert, the Shaw to my guy in the punching bag, Chanel Berlin Johnson. <laughs> Chanel, it's what we've been driving towards since the start of this trip down memory lane. Are you ready for a spoiler-filled deep dive into F9? Oh my gosh, so ready. I think especially for us because we got to see this movie you know, early just so we could do this podcast. So it's been a while of not being able to talk about it and um, all roads lead to this. And I'm excited that we're here and we've made it through this journey and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, just having sat on the fact that I've sat in a theater and saw this twice actually <laughs> yeah. um, has been quite the thing. Uh, you know, I... I felt like I couldn't really talk to anybody about it. Um, Darren Franich, our colleague, me and him always are geeking out about these movies. And literally, once I told him I saw F9, he's like, don't tell me anything. I was like, all right, then I guess I'll talk to you June 25th. I get like, <laughs> right? I won't be able to speak with, with you without saying something. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll catch you in a few months. So yeah, I mean, this has all been building towards this. We're going to try not to get too emotional. This, you know, uh, we don't know. Oh, yeah. You know, challenge. Yeah. This might be the the last episode for a while. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we've we've been joking. Los Bandoleros, Vin's uh, short film that he made ahead of Fast Four might have to get a special episode just to uh, <laughs> yeah. just to let us keep going. But uh, until then, as a refresher for any new listeners, you know, maybe maybe you're waiting uh, until Dom got a long lost super spy uh, brother to start <laughs> listening. But in the lead up to the recent release of the long anticipated F9, we've been binging all the fast movies with the family themselves. We've already chatted about every single movie with the likes of Vin Diesel, Ludacris, Lucas Black, Justin Lin, Jordana Brewster, Sung King, Tyrese Gibson, Michelle Rodriguez, Natalie Emmanuel, and John Cena. Only heavy hitters. <laughs> like, we don't talk to non-heavy hitters. Like, no offense. You know who you are. Uh, but n now on our last episode, the one that we previously just did that came out on Friday, the 25th, day of release of F9, uh, we talked to John Cena. It was a, such a great chat. Um, he is such an interesting guy and his thought, you know, 
so clearly and so deeply about a lot of the topics involved with this movie and involved with his career. And it was great to chat with him. But that was more of an extensive preview mm-hmm. as, a, as opposed to what we usually do, which is a deep dive on these movies. Yeah. And that changes today. We've got an action-packed spoiler extravaganza. So that's the official warning. If you haven't seen F9 or you don't want to be spoiled in every little detail, slam on the brakes now and come back with your ready. Okay. I, I, I gave you like three seconds to leave. So like uh, if you did it, I'm, ca- I'm considering you a fast diehard and you're still here and, and we're going to get into it all. Now, joining us to speed through these spoilers of F9, oh man. And there's so much to cover that we couldn't just have one guess. Like, that just wasn't going to do. Mm -mm. So, for the first time on Binge the Fast Saga, four members of the family (laughs) here. We've got director Justin Lin and stars Sung Kang, Jordana Brewster, and, wait for it, Helen Mirren. Yes. You heard that right. It's Dame time. Chanel, I'm still in shock that we talked Fast and Furious with the Helen Mirren, the queen talking queenie. Yes, and she was as amazing as you can imagine. I told, I think, my mom that we were going to talk to Helen Mirren. She was like, you're going to talk to who? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, dream come true all around. Yeah, it's. uh, I don't know that we could have really felt complete with this mission if we hadn't Mm -hmm. gotten Helen Mirren. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Like, who else has had Helen Mirren on their podcast? It's like us and Mark Maron, probably. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> fact-checked that, but that seems like the only other place that maybe she could have gone on. Like, right. she's, she's not going on the Bill Simmons report, as much as I love, you know, listening to, to that. So, yeah. we're, we're, we're in rarefied air there. So, I mean, we were just everyone that joined. I mean, Justin, Sung, and Jordana had all been incredible previous mm-hmm. guests. Mm-hmm. So, to be able to check back in with them and, and, now, not tiptoe around such things because, you know, when we had talked to, definitely when we, when we had talked to Justin the first time, we had already seen the movie. Yeah. So, it was kind of that delicate balance during the recording of not saying anything. And I think we waited until the very end to actually, you know, tell yeah. him that we had seen it. And he was super excited because, I don't, like I said, not, not many people had at that point. Yeah. Um, I think we were the first people to give him any kind of feedback, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, very special. <laughs> Yeah, he was like waiting. Like, I think when I said, I was like, yeah, we saw F9. And there was like a brief pause. And he was like waiting with bated breath until we were like, oh, we loved it. Like, and he's like, oh, yeah. my God. Like, you could see the like uh, white go out of him, you know, <laughs> uh, after that. So uh, so he was we were excited to have that honor of, of breaking that news to him. But uh, like I said, now the world has hopefully seen mm-hmm. F9 or, or most people. This movie's been out for over a month around the world. The U.S. is just now hitting um but so chanel there could be a lot of people that are literally just walking out of f9 and then turning us on to listen so so no pressure (laughs) your usual you know you always kill it so again let's give it one last try how would you sum up this film i i mean i will warn you guys now there's so much that happens in this movie it's hard to get it all in but but we'll try to cover the key points all right so the team has been enjoying the good life since Fate of the Furious, but then with a distress message comes in from Mr. Nobody, that brings them all right back into the action. Um, after somebody hits Nobody's plane, when he was carrying Cypher, who he had arrested. 
uh, there's also a device for them to retrieve. So it's like twofold sort of adventure right off the bat. Um, at first, Dom actually doesn't want to join because he's a father now. You could see even like, you know, little Brian's old enough to be walking and talking. Uh, but then Dom joins because he looks at a photo that makes him think of Han, that makes him think of a lot of things and he, uh, he, he can't resist. I mean, e- there's even a line from Lady where she's like, this is who we are. So et cetera, et cetera. That is what sets it up. Okay. So after they retrieve the device, that's when we first get our glimpse of our first glimpse of Jacob Toretto. He intercepts and um, sends the team basically on this wild chase that includes magnets and flying cars and all kind of stuff. Um, to and now they have to track him down and the device to stop basically once again some more global technological domination. Those are consistent stakes in these movies. Um, the deeper we get into the franchise, uh, Jacob is also the one who has Cipher in custody. A little glass box. Charlie is with her little like bowl cut. That's where we see that. In trying to find the key to activate this device, Letty and Mia go to Tokyo because Han is the only connection, just his name is the only connection that they can find. Then they get there. Of course, Han is alive. Not only is Han alive, we also are introduced to the character of Elle, who it turns out he's been taken care of for years since she was 11, which is pretty insane. She's the key that everybody needs, the literal key. It's her DNA. Um, and all of this sort of culminates in a big, big, giant action sequence that has the team on the ground with more magnets. Uh, Tej and Roman also go to space because of this device and trying to shut down what is happening. There are cameos throughout. Of course, we mentioned Helen Mirren. There's also Cardi B. There's also, uh, of course, appearances from favorites, you know, like uh, uh, Tego and Santos, or uh, Santos and Leo, however they refer to themselves in this movie. I think it's Santos and Leo. Anyway, didn't even get to touch on all of the flashbacks <laughs> that happened throughout F9. It's so packed, but also so much fun. Well done. I mean, for one last time, that's, my, that's, I don't know how well my round of applause is going to come through in audio form, but do you know that, it, that you know that it got it? That's what matters. Um, so yeah, a lot to dive into, hence the, the four interviews. So stay tuned after our four, count them four interviews, because for the last time, at least until Fast 10, we'll be back to hand out some awards. Now, first up, Dame Time. Let's listen to our chat with Helen Mirren. Do you know who I am? I'm here. Do you know what I'm capable of? That's why I'm here. I'll give you until I finish me cuppa, and I'm fucking thirsty. Her wish to be in a Fast and Furious movie came true, and now our wish of talking to her about Fast and Furious has come true. Helen Mirren, it's truly an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, we're obsessed with these movies. I mean, you don't have a, a Fast and Furious podcast or have Fast and Furious posters on your wall if you're not. Uh, but like for you, you're also obsessed with these movies. I mean, you essentially willed yourself into them. So what is it that, that you love about Fast and Furious? Uh, well, it's the driving, the cars, the, spe- the spectacle of the whole thing. You know, you, you know uh, with this franchise, you, you know what you're going to get and you know it's going to be spectacular and exciting and fun. So, um, you know, in, it, it, I think especially for us all coming out of COVID and the way we've been enclosed and isolated and lonely, um, you know, and, and in a very small environment, I think to see this wonderful 
you know, expansive explosion of action and movement and, and sort of spectacular stuff. It's, I think it's going to be such, such fun for the audiences. And I'm, I'm so glad that they, and it must have been a very difficult decision to take because we finished the film just before COVID started, um, to hold this film back and hold it back and hold it back and wait for the moment when people finally could get into the, into the theater to watch it. Nobody knew how long that was going to be, you know. So um, it's it's fantastic that people can now uh, go and, and just have a great night in the theater. I think people are really going to enjoy it. Absolutely. Did you have, before you uh, got into the franchise, of course, did you have a favorite movie from the series? Not really. I wasn't honestly that familiar, in a sense, with the with the uh, with the series. I wasn't an aficionado in that knowing uh, all the characters and the stories. I think I saw Fast and Furious one, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I had this, you know, this incredible urge to drive a car fast in a movie. <laughs> it was basically that, honestly. And of course, my, my first two goes out. I wasn't I wasn't in a car at all. I was in an ambulance in one and in jail in the other. And so um, the creators of the series very, very kindly finally put me behind the wheel where I've been longing to be. Did, did you have to campaign at all to finally get behind the wheel for, for F9? Oh, I or didn't did... campaign. I whined. I moaned. <laughs> I cried. I sniveled. I was annoying. <laughs> what? When it finally came time for you to get behind the wheel for for F nine, you're not only driving, but you're got Vin riding shotgun, and he's like the movie car guy, right? That's almost like you know. I know. The- Can you believe it? I know. Can you believe it? That was actually, I have to say, it was slightly intimidating. Although Vin is so generous and kind, you know, um, but it was a little bit intimidating because um, you know they those guys are so experienced at, at what they do. They know it, and it's all all a bit new to me. You know the technicality of it, and not the driving part, but you know the filming of the driving. Um, uh, but you know you're in you're in very safe and loving hands when you're in a Fast and Furious franchise. He told us too that uh, driving with you was just a joy for him, like spending the day um, doing that. So it sounds like it worked out perfectly for both of you. Oh yeah, it was just great to be in a very small space with Vin Diesel for quite a long time. It was lovely. I just loved every minute. It was great hearing that beautiful, soft brown velvet voice in my ear. You know, really, really close because the car was like we were squished together. Just hearing this, oh, I just, I, I so love his voice. You know, he's got. The the best voice ever. We actually, Derek and I were talking about this, uh, watching the movie, just that it seemed like there's a little bit of a flirtatious energy between you. So like, is that something that you guys were actively playing up or is that just natural chemistry because you enjoy being around each other? Uh, I have to say that's completely natural chemistry. It, 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 it was there right from the very beginning of my first meeting with Finn. And I just, I adored him immediately. And and he was he's always been so kind and lovely to me. So um, you know, it was there right from the beginning. And it, it's very weird. It's like, doesn't make any sense whatsoever on any level, you know. But that's the weird thing about chemistry, isn't it? There's never an, a, 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 a pro, an explanation for it. It's just one of those things that happens. Speaking of Vin, we talked to him and we asked him, like, who his dream next casting was for Fast. And he brought up Michael Caine. And he said he had an idea 
for something with you and Michael Caine together. Has he, has he run this back by you or are we breaking this news to you? No, but what a great idea. That's a fantastic idea. He's absolutely right. That, that would be, that would be absolutely genius. Cause Michael, you know, comes from, you know, a bit like me. You know, my mum was very East End working class woman. Um, and, and Michael absolutely comes from that, that world as well. So, and, and I have worked with Michael before, actually, uh, quite a long time ago. We did a, uh, we were in the same film together. And actually, he played my husband, who who had, you know, uh, who passed away during the film. Michael didn't, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I think right there we might have it. We haven't seen Papa Shaw yet. No, absolutely. we got to see Papa Shaw. And he's going to be terrifying. I can only imagine. Um through, through three go rounds, like as Queenie, like we've essentially seen you work with mostly Vin and Jason. And, you know, Vanessa Kirby popped up for a quick bit. The great Vanessa. I'd love to work with her again. She's such a talent. She's and such a lovely girl. I'd love to work with her again. Yeah. Yeah. F9 is full of so many like badass women. So like, is that the, is that the next thing we need to like campaign for, for you? Like to get you in scenes with the Michelle or Charlize Jordana? Like, I feel like we need that next. Yeah, wouldn't that be good? You know, the strength of the female characters for me is another great reason to be in the franchise because I, I love um, films, franchises that have really authentic, good, strong female roles. We need, you know, the next generation of girls need to see that and, and they are beginning to see that and that's great. Are there things that, um, now that you've driven and everything, are there things that you would love to do as Queenie that maybe you haven't gotten to do yet that you've seen in other scenes of the movies that you're like, I, I want to be part of that type of stunt or that type of character arc or anything like that? I love stunts. I, lo- I have to say, and I do as, as, you know, as many as my, of my stunts that I'm, as I physically can, you know, mm-hmm. I love, I love flying, for example, you know, when they haul you up on a, on a yeah. rope, you know, and you're flying. I love that. It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, something to do with flying would be great where I sort of, you know, come out of a, a, a window or something and, you know, fly <laughs> through the air and do something or other. I'd love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, fast is always reinventing action. So like, I'm sure they will find something for, uh, for you to do in, in the yeah. next few films. Yeah. But I also, I have to say, I quite like Queenie just being really down to earth and just a mm-hmm. real character who's just like there and tough and manipulative and you know so that that's also pretty cool you've managed to be a bit of the connective tissue between the main films and and, you know the spinoff with Hobbs and Shaw you you know you're jumping back and forth on those it's like what do you think the immediate future is for Queenie have you had any conversations about you know what's uh what's next for her no, I just I I put myself in their hands, you know. If if they want me, I, I'm absolutely I'm standing there first in line. Um, but you know, if if the stories go a different way, that that's understandable. But I have to say, you know, working with Jason, Jason is the most incredibly professional, hardworking, you know, great, really, really good actor to work with. He's just so so committed, so professional. You know, all of these people are there. They're great to work with. So, um, and Vanessa was wonderful, funny, and and great, and a great girl. And and the atmosphere on on the sets of these movies, for from for me, has always been fantastic. Um, 
So, you know, I'm happy to go in whatever direction they might push me, unless they decide to push me off the end of the pier <laughs> and say goodbye to me, <laughs> in which case I'll fight like mad to stay on board. <laughs> uh, I know one person in the cast who would love to work with you. Uh, we talked to Sung Kang, and he was saying that during filming uh, F9, that there was a break from filming. And when he came back, he realized that you had used the same trailer. And he was like, I really just want to meet Helen and oh. have tea with her and do everything. So, and, and we know there's like the connection between uh, the Deckard character and Han. So like maybe Queenie gets involved somehow. That would, I'm maybe sure she does. That would be cool. Absolutely. That would be great. More of Queenie, we will take it in whatever fashion that, that we get it. Absolutely. Good. Yes. I love to hear you guys calling her Queenie because that was I gave her that name. You know, oh, she's really? named after my I had an auntie Queenie. Um one of my mother's sisters was called Queenie, which is a very old East End name. It's nothing to do with the Queen, you know. But I thought it was funny, you know, it was a funny thing to be to play the Queen and then to be called Queenie. Yes. <laughs> a very different person from a very different background. Um, so I love the fact she's become, my Auntie Queenie has become a, a part of the Fast and Furious. She'd be amazed <laughs> if, if she knew. That's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, how much uh, input did you have on the initial development of the character? Quite a lot, actually. Quite a lot. It was, you know, it could have gone in any direction. I mean, obviously she was da Jason Statham, the character that Jason plays mother. So... Um, you know, there is an East End connection there, but I, but I, you know, I, I kind of immediately knew how I wanted her to be, you know, this sort of tough, matriarchal, powerful woman who is, you know, had to make her own way in life and uh, has always done it slightly on the dodgy side, you know, <laughs> as we say in England, ducking and diving. Um, but, but with great strength and, and great character and, and intelligence. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I'll tell you, I know I had a big smile on my face the first time I saw F9 and I realized that Queenie was about to pop up on screen. You could just could tell <laughs> yeah. the minute that necklace, you're like, oh my God, here we go. Uh, here she comes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So it was so much fun. So thank you Great. for taking the time to, uh, to chat Fast and Furious with us. Thank you. Oh, how cool to have been in the presence of royalty, um, both of England, and also just the criminal underworld, really, two in one. Now we are going to jump into the interview with Sung Kang, where he gets to talk all about Han's crazy return. Not only is Justice here, but so is Sung Kang to talk everything F9. Sung, welcome back to our binge of Fast and Furious. Thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Han is alive. Like, we knew it was coming, but like, are you relieved to now, you know... You've probably been having to talk around it a lot. Of, a lot. So now we're going to dive into some stuff, some specifics. Is that kind of a relief to be able to uh, talk a little bit about that? It's such a relief. Now no more calls and no more texts of how is Han back? Come on, spill the beans, bro. Come on. We're boys. Come on. We got history. Nope. Nope. Let's do the movie. Right? F9 to reinvent that narrative around the crash. Like yet again, we've seen like a couple different ways it sort of evolved over the movies and we get another one with the involvement of like Mr. Nobody and L. So what was your reaction like when that was first brought to you or pitched to you? Like, can you take us through what that whole process was like? Mm. Well, you know, like I told you guys before, the fact that we had, you know, we have Justin Lin at the helm, you know, I knew that the character was going to be taken care of and, you know, um, uh, 
the character's backstory would, would be respected. So, you know, I, I really never had any worry because, you know, Justin was on the case, you know, I mean, Han is so important to him, you know, for storyline and in his personal life. So um, I knew that we would be okay with that. And then, I mean, you, I, I think, you know, it, it was, it was done with sincerity and respect and, you know, hopefully the fans and hopefully you guys, you know, felt like there was some justice served. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think so. I think, I think uh, we're at least, if not fully, we're, we're headed that we're keep, going to keep going in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Was there a certain aspect of this kind of reveal slash storyline of what happened to Han that you were kind of most excited to dive into? In, in the fast movies, you know, I, I, you don't get a lot of time for some, you know, meaty dialogue and, some, you know, and some serious emotion, you know, so it was nice to be able to settle down and, you know, kind of reflect on a character that is beloved, you know, and, you know, and, and missed in Han's heart. And you know, it was nice to play within all the fun, crazy action sequences. It's nice to have a little, you know, tissue moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> The last time that we talked too, like you had talked about like the, the pain of the characters always sort of a push pull between joy and, and, and relief and, and pain coming back like this constant loop. And it sort of seems like the same, at least within the movie with Elle, like we find out that they have this great sort of familial relationship and then she's in danger. Um, for you, it, was that something you were thinking about too, coming back to play it again? And, and does that shape where you think the character could go from here? Uh, in terms of Elle, the relationship with yeah. Elle? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's why Han's cadence in Fast 9 is different from the other movies because, you know, he has something and someone that he's responsible for. You know, it's, you know, he has a child. He has a young one that is dependent on him. Um, so there is this kind of more mature air to him, you know, and it's nice. You know, it's nice to have that balance within all the characters. You know, you got, you got Roman cracking jokes, you know, and, you know, Dom saving the world and stuff. And then, you know, you got somebody there that, you know, just on the most fundamental level, you know, has to all of a sudden, you know, be a father, you know? So it's just a different cadence, you know? And it's, I think it's pretty cool to be able to evolve with the character, you know, and play different facets. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. What, um, working with Mr. Nobody comes up, we get that mm. kind of connection because of a relationship with Giselle. Like that's where it started. We find out that she had worked with Mr. Nobody, you know, mm. it pays tribute to, you know, both her character, but also how important that love was between Han and Giselle. Did you think mm. it was kind of important to not only acknowledge her place in Han's heart, but also to make, make her kind of the reason that he got sucked into this, you know, Mr. Nobody world to begin with. It kind of adds another level to it. Oh yeah. Cause there's, you know, there's, there's a sense of urgency and there's, you know, there's something aside from his own need, you know, and it's also very relatable. Everybody, you know, anyone who's fallen in love, man, you know, so, you know, can relate with that pain of, you know, losing that person or not having that person around, you know, and, um, but, you know, aside from just, you know, the characters, I have to tell you guys, you know, the day I got to work with Kurt Russell, oh my God, dude, this is like, <laughs> fuck this. I mean, he's a childhood hero of mine. You know, I, you know, a lot of my hairstyle is influenced by his <laughs> early hairstyles and I was shaking, you know, it's like working with a living legend and, you know, he's old school, you know, Hollywood, just class act. And it was just an honor. I mean, come on. It's like a bucket list. You know, it's like, yeah. you grew up watching that dude, you know, you want to emulate and now I'm sharing the screen with him. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, it was, it was just a beautiful, beautiful day. 
and you know uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie you know I mean, you got to work. You got to work with Kurt Russell, and you got to share technically a trailer with Helen Mirren. Like that. that like how do you <laughs> how do you top that? Like you. That's, that's. I know. I get to use Helen's crapper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you go from there. Like, there's really no uh, next step. Yeah. Drop the mic. We're done. <laughs> we talked to her even, and she we uh, we told her what she said about like her being in the trailer, and she's she's game for you guys to be able to share a scene at some point she's ready for it. I would, oh that'd be an honor it'd be an honor <laughs> I, I mean and we might get that considering where this movie leaves us um the film obviously you know has a mid-credit scene that brings han and shah face to face and mm. li- literally mm. i so i've seen this mm. we've both seen this movie twice now the first time we saw mm. it on the universal lot it was only us two and one other person and i literally stood up and yelled oh shit like <laughs> when that when shah opens the door and there's han standing and we cut you know, from there, what uh, what should we for you? We've talked to Justin a little bit about this, but what do you think we should take away from that scene? And what what can you say about maybe what's to come there? I think there's just one word is Giselle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It all lead all roads lead to Giselle. Oh man, that's <laughs> I I didn't know what word word you were gonna do, and I could not have picked a more intriguing one. Like that's yeah. Uh, oh man. So does the way that uh, this face-off is happening now, and even just the way that that crash and everything is recontextualized, does it change what justice for Han means to you at all? You know, now it's not like, it repaints the scene as like Shaw is a threat, but really like you're in on it the whole time. And yet, you know that he was also still trying to kill the Han character for real, which sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> does that change what justice means a little bit? Hmm, That's a great question. Huh. I don't know. You know, I, well... There is, you know, the angst isn't there anymore, right? Mm-hmm. The, this, you know, I think now at, at, you know, that reveal at the end, you know, I think when people see that scene, you know, their feelings towards Decker Chow are going to be a little different, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the idea of him being part of the family, you know, we're a little, we're one step closer to making that respectable, you know, and mm-hmm. sincere, right? Um, because look, at the end of the day, man, everybody loves Jason. Like I want him to be part of the family. Like, I want to have scenes with him because, you know, look, I, I, I'm a fan, right? So who doesn't want Jason in their movie? Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, we got to figure it out. And, um, I know he wants to be a part of it. So I think it's a good step, right? You know, so, but you never know what you think is going to happen is usually not where we're going. Right. right? Yeah. So <laughs> beware. That's right. Beware. I, I, I did appreciate, like Chanel alluded to, that they didn't haunt or uh, Shaw didn't just get a pass. It's not like it's like, oh, he was actually in on it too, because mm-hmm. then that would have just like not made any sense from what we saw, you know, in like Furious Seven yeah. or, or you know Fast Eight. Um, so that I thought that was a nice, important touch. So you know, and then there's still, like you said, now there is still some unsettled business there where that there wouldn't be if we're just like, oh, Shaw was like he worked for Mister Nobody and everyone was in mm-hmm. on it. So there's mm-hmm. uh, an important you know note from Justin. Um, Han has a lot of reunions in F9, but one that's like really particularly sweet is uh, him and Sean getting to share that hug at the end. And, you know, Han, I love, you know, Han obviously already had that big sit down with everyone else where he told, you know, the whole story of what happened. So, you know, here instead, he's like, oh, it's a, it's a long story. I'll tell you later. Um, have you and Lucas 
uh, talked at all about wanting to be able to kind of team up again and maybe further pay off that, you know, that mentor mentee relationship of Han and Sean, it, you know, was so important in Tokyo Drift and like just seeing you guys hug, uh, I know put a smile on, you know, our faces, I'm sure all the fans. So do you think there's kind of some more to mind between those two as we, you know, move forward in whatever direction we go? A hundred percent. I think, you know, you hear all these, you know, rumors about Tokyo Drift Part 2, right? So, um, you know, I think uh, Lucas is excited to be back in the franchise. You know, he's older, you know, he look. Like, Look, he's an amazing actor. So whatever he, you know, whatever he does, he's going to be great in. So I think, you know, there's so much love for him and his character too. And, you know, the Tokyo Drift world, um, it would be great to, you know, go and play with them again, you know, and um, he's just such a great talent. You know, that scene is really all him, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, he, he's such a great actor. Like he sets the tone. It was so easy to make that, you know, scene come to life because he just puts everything on the table and we sincerely missed each other you know like we didn't see each other since 2006 and he was a baby you know now he's a father you know he's much older his his perspective on the world is different you know and um you know when he when we did Tokyo Drift he was just into Xbox and PlayStation and now he's talking (laughs) about rich dad poor dad and you know you know buying real estate right so Oh uh, yeah, I, w- I think I think you know the fans would appreciate that, and I know definitely we would love to come back and tell you know another Tokyo Drift story, for sure. When thinking about Tokyo Drift two, and, and then thinking about coming back to the character in this movie, now that we know that there's so much more sort of going on for Han, kind of behind that narrative, did you have to do any sort of like mentally sort of placing how these things fit? Did it recontextualize Tokyo Drift for you at all? Because I know for me. Um, like watching it now, I'm wondering, oh, when during Tokyo Drift do I think Mr. Nobody came into the picture as this other narrative is happening? Mm-mm. You know, I get so lost in the timeline, right? <laughs> I go straight to Justin and I go, what was my moment before? Where was I? What snack was I eating before this thing? Where was I? So it's, the timeline is in the snacks, right? So yeah. was I eating Doritos or goldfish or, you know, panda cookies? Um and yeah, it's 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 really complicated for me. Like if if I if my life depended on it, I couldn't really tell you what the timeline is. Um, <laughs> and I go with my emotion, and I, I and I kind of lean towards Justin to tell me where I'm existing in this world. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's important to have someone like that. Yeah. You know, who knows this? You know, better than anyone that you could trust. And like I said, you know, speaking of Justin, you know, like I said we had a, a, our own spoiler chat with him, and he I know he likes to keep everything close to the vest, mm-hmm. but I, I it was clear that like he's he's mulling over or has mulled over, like you know the future of Han and probably even outside of just, you know, a fast 10 or fast 11. It seems like he's, he's got another story he wants to tell. Mm. Have you guys had any such conversation? You mentioned, you know, rumors about, you know, a Tokyo drift 2.0. Um, have you had those kind of conversations and like, you know, either way, is that something you, you know, would love to see kind of, like you said, there's so much real, there's not so as much real estate in these movies because there's so much to do. Yeah. So maybe like, you know, moving that character into, you know, a different story, you can tell more there. Absolutely. You know, when we were younger, I think, you try to you try to distance yourself from the last project, right? And you go, okay, I was I did the fast stuff, and I like, and then let me move on. And now we're older, you know. It's it's a different perspective where we're like, hey, you know, what's wrong with this? Like, this is our community, it's our world. There's great tools here to tell the stories that we want to tell. And you know, instead of 
like these these ideas of like, oh, let's go do this movie, or let's go do this franchise. You can tell, you know, it, it, you know, I realize how mature Justin has become because he said, you know, I'm really comfortable, you know, in my skin now, and I'm really proud of what we've accomplished within the Fast Universe, and let me kind of quench my thirst to tell other stories within this world. And let me use the characters that already exist because we have a shorthand. There's a trust, you know, there's a support from the studio. There's a fan base. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a level of like, you know, enlightenment and kind of, you know, you know, comfort in yourself and your place that I think opens the door to so many possibilities. Right. So um, with that perspective, I think there's, you know, room for a Tokyo Drift too, and you know, there's there's TV world and all of that stuff today. So I think as long as someone like Justin is at the helm, who, you know, is respecting what the the the, the history and the legacy of the franchise is to the fans, then you know it's okay to keep going, you know. But yeah. if it's just for, you know, the dollar and just like a quick buck, you know, you know, the fans are going to speak up and they're not going to they're going to stop watching and and the, and the and the franchise will die. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, I think if, if it's a balance and we're always, you know, respectful, um, of the characters in the story, I think, you know, it's endless, the possibilities guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah. As a viewer, any, as long as it seems like there's caring there and and the attention is pure, like I'm always excited to see it. So, but given all these things that we know Han could do, is there anything sort of at the top of your list that you would love to be able to do in the next two movies that we know are definitely coming at least? Let's see. I would, you know, I know this sounds goofy, but I would, I, I, I would love to do like a musical number somewhere, like you know, just like slip it in. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. No one. Then would be down you, for that. Come yeah, on. There's no dancing or singing in the fast world. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's where do they just get to party with each other? Or something? Yeah, some karaoke. Right? <laughs> you get all those tuner bell scenes with. All the all the cars and the girls. It's like an outdoor nightclub, but there's never any dancing. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, let, let Hans show some of his stuff, some of his moves. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would take a Donza Kaduro from Fast Five uh, musical moment. Like bring the bring the Don Omar's Donza Kaduro yeah. back in, yes. in Fast Ten. Yes, and that's everyone's just getting down to that because I know I get down to it every time it comes on. So yeah. I would love to see that on screen. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> that being so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Song, thanks as always, like I said, for taking the time. We, we always really enjoy getting to talk to you, uh, especially about, you know, fast, which, you know, you know, we love so much. So thank you for taking the time today and just, you know, all the other times you have the last few months. We really appreciate it. No, thank you guys. I mean, uh, we, we don't give you enough credit. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, folks like you with your enthusiasm and your passion behind it that, you know, allows us to live our dreams. So, you know, without you, we wouldn't be here. Justice has been had, and it's still ongoing. I mean, you could tell off that interview with with Sung. There's more to be done mm-hmm. with Han, and obviously with Shaw, and so much to investigate. We can't wait to see what they cook up next. But until then, our chat with the other Toretto, Jordana Brewster, aka Mia Toretto, will be able to talk everything family Toretto war. Let's go to her now. It's her brother, too, and she's also our returning guest. Jordana Brewster is back on our binge of Fast and Furious. Jordana, we're so thrilled to talk to you again, this time about F9. Thank you. Me, too. When you got that script for F9, what was that personal, like, wow moment for you? I mean, there's a lot in the, in F9, so was there one that really jumped off the page? There, There is. I mean, 
Jacob, uh, first of all. Um, and then this, the, the idea that, that Mia reached out to Jacob without Dom knowing, because I feel like Mia has always been so, um, loyal to Dom and she has never really done anything like that. And I feel like that's not something we've explored enough in this chapter. So I'd love to explore that further in, in future ones. Like, dude, beef between me and Dom, we've never seen that before. So I'd, I'd love to see that. Um, and then the other thing I was really excited about, well, obviously Han. Mm-hmm. Han coming back was a huge one. And the fact that that Letty and I play an integral role in, in finding him. I mean, I, every time I read one of these scripts, I'm always like, how are they going to execute this? Like, this is really all great in theory, but like, how the hell? And uh, And then they always end up doing it beautifully. So I'm kind of as astounded as any moviegoer. For us to like uh, speaking to that is like the seeing the flashback stuff. Like Vin had hinted to us that we would get more perspective on some of the stuff that tied into the first movie. But then to see it for you to read all of that flashback stuff and then to see it take shape. What was that like? And like it's been 20 years. We've got all of these nuggets about what the Toretto's are like growing up. But then we actually finally get to see sort of the founders of the Fast family come together. Um, and for us, it was like mind blowing to see even that glimpse of everybody really young at the street race. So what was that like for you? Yeah, it was really cool to see everyone really young at the street race. It was also, I thought it was really masterfully done the way they had, you know, our dad and and Vinny who played young Vin, the way he 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 mastered Vin's voice, his yeah, his the sense of guilt he he had makes you understand why Dom is the way he is. Um I loved I loved the colors of the flashbacks and the way it was shot. It was really it was almost like a it had like a James Dean 50s vibe to it, mm-hmm. uh, which I hadn't envisioned when I was reading the script. I was like, how are they going to – you know, initially I was like – you feel territorial, right? When when I felt territorial when I was reading this and I was like, what do you mean young Mia? <laughs> What's that going to look like? Um, I'd like to have a say in, in, in who, who's <laughs> right. going to do this. Um, so I was just – relieved frankly because I was a little bit nervous about it but then I, I I think it plays such an important role in in elucidating to to the to the fast fans like where we're coming from and and why we are the way we are and and also as an actress it's going to help me in prep mm-hmm. when we're going for the next one like okay this is this is our family history this is what's going on and now I'm kind of curious about like where's where's our mom at like what happened with yeah. her um so I feel like there there are even more gaps that we need to fill yeah, there's there's so much backstory explored here, but like you're right, there's there's still so much more that can be done, you know, in the in the next few films. And you you alluded to it, you know, I loved the little nugget that Mia, you know, reveals that she had kept in touch with Jacob at least a bit, you know, after the the fallout with Dom, um, and even broke into a police archive, which I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, Mia, yeah. like I, I'm yeah. into that, uh, which was fascinating for viewers. But then it's funny, I brought this line up to to Justin. I remember, I wonder if you remember this in Fast Four. And, and I rewatched it, you know, ahead of, you know, the podcast and everything, you know, Mia goes up to Dom and is like, how do you say goodbye to your only brother? Which I, which is, uh, you know, was a fun little discovery. Yes. Yes. Totally. So I, I had to, I pointed that one out to Justin and he's like, I promise that'll be, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. But how much do you, uh, Oh, did he say that? I wonder what he means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know that was a very, like, I mean, I, it was tough cause we were taught that was the fast four pod. So we couldn't act like we had seen F9 already. So, you know, we had to play a, l- a little dumb when he teased that, but like, <laughs> How much did you talk to like with Justin and Vin about kind of like reconciling these things and kind of um, what led to the, you know, to the Toretto separation? 
I didn't put the, their feet to the fire as far as that stuff goes, but I'm definitely, I mean, Justin's like right next door doing interviews and, and I'm going to hit him on the, on the mother front, uh, immediately. Um, but I think you could also, you could also interpret how do you say goodbye to your only brother as he was the only one that was there for me. And Jacob may have been run off, but he also did leave. Mm-hmm. And then he also made some pretty crappy choices. <laughs> so we could say, you know, and I think thematically it's, it's also on point because thematically family in this universe means it's not just about blood. It is about putting your time in and, um, and whether you're there for whether you're going to like it's like when you whenever you have the scene where we all meet in the in the warehouse and it's like we don't have no idea what we're about to do but we're signing up for it and it might be absolutely insane we might have to like die for it but we're going to do it because of family mm-hmm. and and um Jacob betrays that so um yeah maybe I do mean it when I say he's my only brother yeah, I think I think that would it's make sense too. Core of me actually. I know, <laughs> yeah. right? But like it makes sense. <laughs> pretty ride or die i like it yeah it makes sense what you said like she he you know especially it's i guess not fully clear if like if she if dom ever shared you know um kind of what happened between them so like to her she's like yeah my brother did like i tried to stay in touch with him but then he just fell off the face of the planet and then abandoned me so like this kind of is my only brother left so that makes total sense right the last time that we spoke to you um you were talking about how like you had really campaigned to do more stunts and stuff with me so in this you have like this really great fight sequence um with Michelle and of course the uh as Letty and then the L character but um what was it like even not just the fight sequence but that whole portion the Tokyo mission what was it like to get to work with Michelle like we know Letty and Mia have been friends since they were very young um mm-hmm. and but this is the first time we've really seen them get to team up so what was it like to finally get to work with her it was really fun. It was it was such a, a a fun journey because we we got to meet with Justin and um we had a writer on board who was also helping us with those sequences and and it was the first time it was a is it was a super collaborative um inclusive um environment which was really awesome. And and I just I love Michelle because from the very very beginning she's been really outspoken and headstrong about what she wants and that's something I've always admired and I like to take a page from her book, um, and I have um, as as I've grown older. But uh, yeah, shooting some of those scenes in 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 the the Tokyo streets like those were ones I will sort of look back to and I kind of hope we get to do more of that because I I love working with her and I love the fact that we're thinking about character and our history. And um, yeah, that was, that was a pleasure. We, um, we talked about the, you know, Jacob Mia dynamic, which I think maybe my favorite little touch of the last bit of the movie is that like, it really feels like it's like Mia that turns Jacob like to, to back to the good side, or at least as far as he'll come. Like he, you know, her saving him as he's falling off him, hearing her voice as he's driving off and then turns back around. Um, did you and, you know, Justin or you and John kind of talk about the nuances of that Mia Jacob relationship? And did you also kind of appreciate how much, you know, she factored into, you know, her brother's, you know, turnaround. That's something that, that Justin um, put together masterfully. I think he had a plan for that. And because I do think that the Mia and Jacob relationship could be, there's only so much time in these films and there's so much, um, you know, everyone, there's, there's so much to do. And I, I'm kind of in awe of the fact that Justin was able to give everyone their, 
moment of glory and everyone had a little bit of action in this. And that's so difficult to do when there's so many different characters that you have to service. Um, but I'm really glad that I got that moment with Jacob because otherwise we didn't really interact that much. So I think, um, I think it'd be nice to take it further in, in the next one. But I did love that, that it, I did sort of, it did seem like Mia penetrated into his, you know, tough exterior where he's just not letting anyone get in. But it, it, it did feel like Mia did and made him think twice about where he was going. I think that's like perfectly displayed too in the goodbye that happens sort of at the end of everything because the hug with Mia is so much more outwardly emotive than what happens between, uh, Dom and Jacob. And so I, I, A, I love the callback the, to the 10 second car of it all. But, and you kind of touched on this too. Like there are layers that haven't been explored even between Mia and Dom now about like what that relationship was after, you know, Dom basically banishes Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so for you, like how was that ending? Was that also part of what you like with Justin put together, um, it's just sort of like setting up, all right, maybe there's more here. They've gotten only so far. Um, how do you strike that line for healing versus what's to come? Well, with with Justin, he he doesn't stop until he absolutely gets it. And um, sometimes he Justin, what's great about his directing is sometimes he'll keep it to himself exactly what he wants. And I think especially with the hug, um, with, with Jacob and, and with Mia, uh, it was a really emotional scene, but it was also like, you didn't want to go too far because I don't know, it was, it's a very thin line. So, um, but I do think again, Justin knew exactly what he wanted. And, and for me, for me, it was, it was sort of bittersweet because it was like in, in a moment she gained her brother back and then she lost him again. And, um, and yeah, that's that's a little heartbreaking. Yeah. We've we've talked to to Justin a few times about how he wants to make sure to acknowledge like Brian's continued presence in the universe, you know, while also being obviously respectful of Paul's memory. And um we get for me that that ends uh right before the credits, you know, we're at the family barbecue, you know, you have the empty chair, there's the little, you know, you say, you know, he's on his way, and then that car just pulls up. And, you know, go in the driveway. And we know, like, you know, we're not going to see, you know, Brian, you know, slash Paul. But, like, I still just couldn't help but have a smile on my face. Was it kind of the same yeah. for you, just yeah. watching that for the first time? Yes. Um, yes. I. It's so, it's so bittersweet when we shoot those scenes because I'm so used to shooting them with Paul. And, and now they've become something different. They've become transitioned into a way to honor Paul, you know, and that seat will always be empty and will never be filled by anyone. And, um, and I'm so grateful that, that Justin's at the helm because I do think that he navigates that beautifully where, where it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing that Brian's still alive within this universe because it is a way to keep Paul's spirit with us. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think, I think it it is a, a really um it did make me smile. It made me smile and it made my eyes water at the same time. Justin also told us that he's with that he's always trying to think of ways to uh be creative about it without being disrespectful. And so one of the things he's considering, but obviously hasn't landed on so much is how to uh, visually bring Brian Paul back to the screen. Is that something mm-hmm. that you would be interested in exploring too with these last two movies? It's like a huge goodbye. And I know the goal is like to incorporate as many of the characters as mm-hmm. much as possible. Is that something that you've thought about at all as well? Yeah, I think, I think it's something that, 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 
that I've thought about since seven, right? Since they were so, um, I think it was so well done, so tastefully done, given given how Paul passed it towards the middle of the production and then we had to finish, obviously, by, they, everyone had to get really creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, thank God, thank God that Justin's at the helm um, and that everyone on the production would only, including Vin, would only deal with it in the most respectful manner. So, so yeah, I think, I think it is something I've thought about. Um, and I just trust the team behind Universal and, and Vin and, and Justin to do the right thing and to, 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 to do what we've done so far, which is to, to treat it mm-hmm. respectfully and with love. You you mentioned earlier, you know, wanting maybe to even see some more of, you know, Mia and, and Letty. We had uh, Natalie Manuel on our Fate of the Furious episode, and she's like, she said her dream spinoff was all, an all-girls movie. So, and I, and I, we were like, sign us, you know, the hell yeah, up. Like, you yeah. know, you, Michelle, Charlize, Helen, uh, Gal, like, oh my get, God. bring yes. Eva Mendez back. Like, that would be all time. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be epic. Yeah, I forgot about Eva Mendez. That would be incredible. I think that would be so much fun. And, and also it's an opportunity to make it like maybe somewhat smaller in scale. You know what I mean? Like where, mm-hmm. where it's not like so big in terms of the effects and the locations, but just like test it out a little bit with, um, with all of us. I think it'd be, it'd be incredible. Yeah. I, I love Natalie. I think she does such a wonderful oh, yeah. job as, as Ramsey. Yeah. So she's so awesome. Fun. Uh, it's it's great too because um, I think in this movie especially you really get to see just how different each of the women are and so mm-hmm. I, I think it would be fun to explore what they could each bring to the table that's unique to them as well. Absolutely. So now that you've achieved like the fights and doing more stunts, is there anything that you're like ready to cam- campaign for next in these last two movies? Well, you guys are giving me really good ideas. I think the first thing <laughs> I'm going to do with Justin is is talk about. Uh, Mama Toretto and 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 what's up with that? And I and I do think I I would like to talk about. You know, I think Mia has always been in the role of sort of cheerleading Dom and and supporting him. But but I think I love the way Letty checks Dom a lot, and I think mm-hmm. it'd be really interesting to be like to have that conflict between them. Like if I I was reaching out to them, or or let's say ten starts with me in in talks with Jacob and I'm like, I'm not going to lose him for a second time. Like I didn't have a brother for that long and like him, Dom, not, not, you know, approving of that. Like, what would that look like? Um, I love the family drama that, that there's like infinite, infinite possibility for all the different ways the family drama for the Toretto's could go. Yeah. We would eat that up. <laughs> one, one last question you know, you, Mama Shaw came has come up a few times. You said you're going to go pitch it to Justin. I mean, off the top of your head, I'm putting you on the spot. Dream casting? What's the what? so dream casting? I, I I mentioned Holly Hunter earlier. I think she'd be Ooh. awesome, right? Ooh. I know. And, and I love the thing, that. Awesome. The thing that I love, we talked about uh, this with Vin when he was talking about like casting. You know, the role of Jacob. Dom's like, you know, or uh, sorry, Vin's like, you know, what would work to my benefit was, you know, that I'm multicultural, that like you could go in any mm-hmm. direction, you know, with the casting of Jacob. So like, it's the same thing, you know, with, with Mama Toretto, like you, you know, Absolutely. the world's our oyster, we could find any actress. So like, hopefully, <laughs> totally. yeah, keep us updated on that campaign. We will. <laughs> yeah, I will. 
Jordana, well, we appreciate you coming back on with us. You know, we had such a good time both today and, you know, our Fast Five episode. Like, you know, you were actually our our first guest that we recorded for this when we did that Fast Five episode. And it was a great uh, kind of way to start things off and kind of ease us into it. So we really appreciate all the time. I love it. Thank you, guys. Mia Toretto is the heart of these films in a lot of ways. And I think Jordana also just encompasses that energy the same way. She's so gracious. She has so many cool ideas, too, for where her character and the other characters and especially the girls could go. We've got to take a break, but we'll be right back. Now let's get back to the interview. Now we're going to take it to the man with the plan for all of these. Let's talk to director Justin Lin again, where he's going to take us inside bringing F9 to life and making it one nice, neat, beautiful, action-packed package. He's returned from space to return to our binge of Fast and Furious. Justin Lin, thanks for joining us again this time to talk F9 and maybe some more Golden Girls. You, we, we never know. <laughs> I love it. I still got my cup. So. Yes. <laughs> always, always. Uh, so you never know. Betty White might might come up in, in any Fast conversations. Um, <laughs> so like I said, you know, always excited to talk to you, especially, you know, F9. Now we we touched on it a little bit the last time you were on, but now we can really dig into it a bit but before going into the details of the movie kind of want to take a step back i know you never expected to you know be here talking about having directed another fast movie uh so take me back how to how we got here like i know previously you've said you kind of woke up one day with an idea for for a new chapter um was that this idea of this kind of blood family angle and what was it about that just that just kind of excited you and, and brought you back that that was part of it um i have to say i think the the other parts are coming, you know. I mean, I I I just got off the phone with with Vin. We've just been like, this has been that week where we're just kind of just jumping on and talking and talking. So um, I I would say that you know the 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 exploration of family through blood was part of it. Um, but I I'm also very excited for what's to come in, in the next two uh, films. What a that what a what a tease. That was like yeah. the intrigue, the intrigue there. As I've told both of Vin and John, like it's hard for me to think of like a tougher role to cast and one that comes with more pressure than like the brother of, of Dominic Toretto. Um and you know, Vin told me he honestly he didn't think about it much. Like he just felt like when he met John, like it was just right. Um so for you, did you feel that pressure in casting the role? And then what was it about John that kind of made you put you at ease and that he was the guy? I had the excitement of saying, oh, great, we get to have to explore, you know, this new Toretto. And then, yeah, the next thought was just pure, you know, 100% fear of like, (laughs) holy crap, how are we going to do this? You know, and uh, John was the first meeting that I had. And um, I remember I flew back to L.A. and he was there early and we sat down and we weren't talking about the film, but we were just kind of getting to know each other. And it was like 30 seconds in and I'm like, "Okay, good. I can breathe, you know, it, it just, there's something about him that like, uh, I feel right away that I, he understood the character. You could tell that he has siblings. Um, and it was just a part of him that I felt like I hadn't seen, like when I was sitting down with him, like, God, I haven't seen him, uh, uh, uh do anything like this. And so there was the excitement of saying, oh, we get to explore and try something even new for him as an actor potentially, you know? And so, uh, it, it, it was one of those things. Usually it's it's tough when, when you're casting, you're meeting. This one, I thought it was going to be way tougher, but uh, he made it he made it very, very easy, you know? And I, I think I had a similar thing because I, I had the meeting and he left and I 
called Vin. I said, you gotta, you gotta meet with him. And I think Vin was working out or something. And, um, he saw him and like, right, right there, I get a call and I'm like, wait, that's it. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Yeah. So <laughs> you, I guess you worked long enough in, 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 in film and in our industry. Sometimes you just get lucky, you know? So I, I feel very fortunate. So that happened even before, because of course there was the post that Vin did where he was like, I feel like John Cena was like sent to me from Paul. So you had already met with him even before that happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was, um, I think actually it was the same day or, or like okay. within two days or something. Um, yeah, but it was, it was right there. And, and it, I know, I know it's like for people to, you know, I think I, I have to say I, I, it was not hyperbolic, you know, mm-hmm. when, when he kind of shared that, I, I really felt like it was very sincere. And I think everybody on the cast, on the crew, just felt the same way, you know. And, and so it, it was just, yeah, it's great. It's great to be doing a part nine and then getting that kind of feeling. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's special. What was that first moment for you, like watching, you know, John and Vin opposite each other on camera as as Jacob and Dom? Like John said for him, that was that first face off scene at that at that big party. That was kind of the <laughs> wow moment for him. So for you, what was it like just kind of sitting back and seeing this unfold in front of you? Oh, uh, it was, you know, I had a long talk with John because, you know, the, the way Vin and I kind of work, we don't we don't like look at the clock and go, Hey, we got to do this and move. Right. It's, it's kind of a luxury that we have and we definitely don't ever want to take it for granted. And I was telling John, I said, Hey man, like we might be here for a while and we might just be playing. And, and he was like, I I saw no fear in him. I saw no hesitation. He's like, let's, let's do this. And that's again, you know, it's like that, that is, you know, it's always great to be, you know, we were in this manner and, um, and everybody was, just felt like we've been waiting for this and for him to be the new guy in and and say throw whatever you want let's go um uh, that just makes it it just and it just energizes me vin and just everybody so yeah it was a great moment so dom has gone against like undercover cops drug lords cyber terrorists so like why what makes this like the perfect uh foe for dom now like out of everything you've done Oh man, I mean, you know, I, I think anybody that's that has a sibling knows <laughs> knows, you know, that for some reason I, I don't know what it is. It could be something that happened when you're five years old, and then it accumulates, and then you know, next thing you know, you're when you're fighting is it's a hundred times more intense. Mm-hmm. It has like for some reason it has that much more meaning. And even though you love each other, you want to kill each other. It's just, I mean, I have two brothers, so like, I, 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 I feel like it's, it's maybe therapeutic for me and hopefully for everybody that's, that's experiencing it uh, uh, with us. With four brothers, I, can, I vouch. Yes. The obviously not, not the stakes, but, uh, but I, we're right there with you. Um, all right. Well, now we'll get into spoilers. So we, we knew Han is alive, but now. We know how he's alive. We, we've gotten, you know, some of the details and, you know, with the reveal of Mr. Nobody's involvement in L. Um, I mean, you previously told us like your big ideas come to you in, in, at Arby's, but like, how did this idea strike and why did this, <laughs> and why did this approach feel right for the reintroduction of Han? Cause obviously there's a lot of pressure on getting that right. Yeah. And I, and, and I have to say, I, I, I feel like there is a lot of pressure, but I would also say that, um, the pressure shouldn't be on this film. You know, I, I think the, the way it's, it's, it's being presented, 
uh, I feel like there's a whole film with with Han and Elle and Mr. Nobody and 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 even Giselle, you know. And so um, I, 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 I it didn't happen at Arby's this time. It was a train ride to Edinburgh uh, on this one. So, um, but but it, it it was something that I I felt like again, you know, like it it wasn't like when when after six when when I left. I, you know, Sung and I both looked at each other and go, well, it was a good ride, you know? And so it, it's not something we, we, we take lightly. I didn't take that lightly, but there was something about the connection between Giselle and Mr. Nobody that I don't know why, like I, I, it, it brought me back to, um, casting gal, you know? And, and then it, it, it was the, it was the whole, like the Mexico Braga and, you know, the, 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 like Mr. Nobody's past. I've always, you know, I, when I sit and talk to Kurt, you know, this is funny because like, this is before even, um, I, I had sat down with them. I, I, we were doing this, um, uh, we were trying to make a film with this, uh, batter bastards of baseball. And, um, it, it was, I don't know if you guys seen it. No. It's a great documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about Kurt Russell's father who owns this, uh, independent baseball team in okay. Oregon. A great doc. And so I sat down with Kurt, not about fast. But we were just, you know, talking about baseball and, and, and like Kurt was, it, he was like uh, on his way to the Angels. He was in AAA when he tore his rotator cuff. And then he, be, you know, he became a hundred, you know, a uh, full-time actor after that. And it's just this, these amazing stories. And, um, and for some reason, our stories from baseball and stuff got to Mr. Nobody. And again, I, I, I don't even know when this is. It's definitely post, you know, Fast Six. And we started talking about his character, and I was like, "Wow, this is like in sync of 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 the Mister Nobody that when I when we were talking about some agent, it, it like we were syncing up." And but a lot of it had to do with before he was Mister Nobody when he had a name, mm-hmm. right? And so in my mind, it was always it was always some sort of connection with Giselle and and Fast Four. And so I don't know if it was because of that. Um, it all just kind of like settled in. And, and and it's like I said, I I, I mean, it'd, it'd be great one day to make a film about to connect all that, because, you know, I think as, as we were talking and kind of working it out, it was so fascinating. And I personally just love it so much. And obviously in, in Fast 9, you only see glimpses mm-hmm. of it. Um, but but uh, but I think that's part of the perk. That's, you know, one of the perks of, of doing being part of this franchise is that we actually have like volumes and chapters uh, uh, with these characters that you don't ever seen on screen. That's incredible. And I love knowing that there is that much backstory that we could potentially delve into if given the opportunity. Um, but also with this movie, it's never made clear what Mr. Nobody's status is. Are we supposed to know if he's dead or alive or is that a mystery for later? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's definitely plays into something bigger. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can only I, I don't want to give away too much, but but I think it's just Kurt is such a great storyteller. Like, I, 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 he's one of my favorite human beings just to hang out. I mean, I could I could sit there for days just listening to him, you know, just talk. And, and, and we always end up talking about this character. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, it reminds me a lot of, of like my experiences with with Vin, where, you know, a lot of times we're not talking about even the script or the film, but we're talking about Dom and the world. Mm-hmm. And so Kurt, Kurt brings a lot of the same energy to the process. 
the 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 film ends with a mid credit scene that literally I the first time I stood out of out of my seat and yelled oh shit like I was like oh I was like oh and then how do you leave me here I was like what am I supposed <laughs> to do just walk out of the theater now um but you know so obviously we get Han and Shaw you know face to face uh and and you as you said like justice for Han isn't just like some one movie thing like there's there's more there so like I don't know what should we take away from that kind of final scene there and and what can you say about uh, maybe what's what's to come in that regard it's definitely i feel like it's making a big promise and, and like i said I, I feel like justice for han is is something that you know i, I think it's going to go on and we're going to get, get to explore it um in, in different ways i feel you know um but it was it, it felt really very appropriate i think especially the the journey of how this film kind of came together right mm-hmm. i think the the idea of 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 jacob was kind of what inspired me um but then hearing the fans and the movement for justice for han um it it took me through a a journey i mean there was a version where there was justice for han but he was never brought back alive oh wow you know yeah and so again it it was just a a process and 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 again it's it's part of the fun of 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 i think being part of this franchise is, is that you know again there's no ip or anything um but it's also i i enjoy it and then you know look there's no right there's no wrong you can only kind of go with your gut um and i i think that you know that there's a we've been talking a lot you know and and, and then uh i called jason statham you know and it's so funny because i had called i called him and he came and did the tag for six and we had talked about all this stuff, and then I called him one day. I said, "Hey, Jason, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do seven. And he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and so then I called him, and I said, "Hey, Jason, I'm gonna have you do the tag for nine. <laughs> and he's like, "But we are gonna work together." Right? And so he's such a, he's such a great guy. So he's another guy that like I love just kind of talking about stuff. So we, you know, like we. Since since we shot that, like I would just jump on the phone and and we you know I I, I love Shaw and um, it was something that we had talked about long ago and so it's not just Han but Shaw you know and so um, that the reconnection it, it 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 just felt great it felt great that Jason like picked up and he's like yeah I'll be there you know let's do it and um and so imagine you know my life it's it's actually so great to be able to you know jump on the phone and just chat with them because I think we're in that phase right now, but there's definitely like a, a roadmap and I, I, you know, I, I hope we're going to have the the real estate. That's always the tough thing, right? Because mm-hmm. there's just so many characters. Um, but, but I think as we're laying it out, as I'm speaking to you right now, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time. You know, it, it's weird. It's weird to have like this film that's done and it's going to be out to the world. To, it's out to part of the world right now, <laughs> um, but then we've already been building like you know the 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 other two thirds that we've been talking about for the last two years. So um, it's it's very new to me, but I I have to say it's it's very different. But I'm I'm definitely just enjoying you know just trying to really just like 
make sure I breathe and, and, and know that this is going to be special. Jason's a very good bluffer because I talked to him like a week before uh, I saw the movie for the first time. And I was like, oh, like, you know, Han's back. Like, any thoughts of if you would, you know, return or something like that? And he, and he definitely had a smile on his face. But he's like, oh, and he said, he's like, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been dying to work with Justin, you know. And he even was like, you know, but they better bring me back. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll eventually get him back. And then I walk into the theater <laughs> And there he is. Yeah. So you don't have, that secret's been safe with Jason, just so you know. He's good at keeping that. Oh yeah. He you can trust him. I, I I could trust him. So so yeah, it was it was great. It was great. He 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 kind of played it perfect. Uh with Sung, he had talked to us about like the push pull for Han is always kind of like something good happens and something bad happens as well, too. And so like for me, when I think about after watching F9, Justice for Han, I'm thinking about like, oh, maybe Justice is like just this character getting to find some kind of peace in his life whatever version of peace that is uh have you guys has he talked about that with you at all and is that informing the way that the characters like arc is gonna go from here or something like that now that we have l and his own kind of family in that way too um oh boy this that's a i have to compliment you and that that's an amazing <laughs> question because i if i answer it if I don't answer it carefully, I'm going to give away too much. <laughs> uh, but, but let's just say um, I, I've been talking to Sung a lot. I've been working on something, and um, oh boy, I can't. I, I I I shouldn't say more than that. But but I I I think Han is obviously such a special character, um, and you know, oh boy, I, 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 I don't. <laughs> it is a great question. It's a great, but I. I do think that exploring, um, you know, not just the, you know, the, the, what we talked about with Mr. Nobody, Giselle and Alan, all that stuff. Um, he obviously still has a lot. I think, you know, the fact that I, I, I feel very fortunate. I mean, there was a big chunk of time where I'm like, we're going to do justice for Han, but he's not coming back. We're going <laughs> to do it, you know, and, and, and the fact that we, we did that in nine and he's now back for real. Um, I, I want to make sure that we, we don't take that lightly and, 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 and I can assure you, um, you know, definitely been working on, on a lot of stuff, a lot, been talking a lot about Han. That's cool. Even knowing it goes kind of deeper than that is good <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> um, we've, we've talked in the past about like how Brian's continued presence in this universe, like kind of needs to be acknowledged and something that you're always thinking about, like. Even though we don't actually see him, you know, in F9, like the sight of the car pulling up to the Toretto house at the end, like I, I just put a big, big smile on my face, even though like I knew, you know, that's as much as we were going to get there. Um, I know there's like a lot to consider and like you want to do right by Paul and, you know, in his family. But like, is it your hope before you guys end up that there you, you would find a respectable and organic way to kind of, you know, include Brian, you know, even more than just a, a little tease like we get in F9, if it's even possible? You know, it's, it's, it's very, obviously it's, it's a very sensitive issue. I think the idea of respect that, you know, and I, I, I'm constantly talking to Vin, I'm constantly thinking about it. I mean, I, I don't want to get too personal, but like, even for me, you know, uh, the whole incident, you know, obviously it wasn't my chapter when his, you know, when he passed and, um, I feel, you know, very close to him still. And I think so when we, when we talk or even work on these things, there, it's kind of comforting for me, uh, to know that Brian is still in the universe, you know? And, and so I, I, I want to be very respectful. Um, and it's a, it's a dialogue that, that, you know, 
we're, we're always having. Um, and, you know, I, I, again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to seem sappy or anything like that, but he's, he means so much to all of us, you know, and he's still, I feel like he's still, I'm still glad that he's still part of the universe, you know, and, and, and also Brian is part of the universe. So, um, yeah, it, it is something that like, I, I, I constantly think about, um, as we're kind of looking at our final chapter, um, but you know, it, 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 right now it's still, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to be able to come back and to be able to even, um, present Brian in the way we did in nine, you know, and, 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 and to me at, at, at this point, that that's probably the line for me. That makes even even that was worth it for us. Like that that did mm-hmm. what what you wanted it to do. I liked even the the line in the movie where they talk about how like the the kids are safe with Brian. I thought it was like a perfect way to just like put that in there. It's it's short but really impactful, and I think that's you guys towed that line really well. Oh, thank you. Kind of wrapping up, you know, I was talking to Vin and he dropped a little nugget to me that he thinks you guys will will start F10 in January. I don't know if he was uh, legally allowed to say that. I don't know. Maybe he's getting ahead of, ahead of himself. But, uh, you know, we know you guys are making two more films to to wrap up the, the series. Like at this stage, you talked a little bit about, you know, it seems like there's this really, you know, whole plan that excited you and brought you back. So like, what can you ex- say or what would you want to say about what we can expect, you know, as we get into these final two chapters? I, I, I'm excited. You know, I think, I, I think nine was, you know, it, it was, I don't know. I, I don't want to use the wrong term, but it, it, it was a, there was a lot going on in nine and I don't want to, you know, I, I don't even know if recalibration is like a, the right word, but obviously with justice for Han introducing Jacob and, and, and things. Um, but that, that is kind of one piece of the puzzle, you know? And so, January seems so fast for me, but it's not like, you know, I'm like, oh, God, we got to, you know, we have been talking about for for years. Um, And I, you know, I I always don't mind having a little more time to prep, you know, Um, but I am excited. You know, I I, I feel like I've never done it this way, right, where we had to wait so long for nine to come out. But the great thing was while we were waiting, I wasn't just sitting there. We were kind of working on everything that we were talking about. So um, I, I am very excited for 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 this last chapter. And I know that Vin, Vin I got to give him so much credit because I didn't know how to really articulate it. And he just kept talking about the final chapter. And, you know, I know it sounds simple, but for me to kind of negotiate that, it all kind of made sense. You know, um, as we were kind of closing out, finishing nine, it felt like, okay, great. You know, we've been, we have been talking about this for like 10 years and a lot of things that, you know, that I never thought we'd actually bring, be bring to life now are starting to settle in. So we're kind of in that phase right now. And it's, uh, again, it's, 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 I'm really just trying to savor it, you know, um, before we kind of just roll up our sleeves and just go for it, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like we feel the same way. We're, I'm glad there's two final chapters because I'd be like yeah. already getting a little getting a little sappy, like if we were only one more away. So I, <laughs> I appreciate you splitting, you know, doing two instead of just one. So uh, so thank you for that. And then, you know, thank you as always, Justin, for joining us. Like I said, nothing we love more than talking fast and especially talking fast with you. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Anytime. You guys, you guys are the best. Honestly, <laughs> like your energy, like it, it really for us. It really fuels us, man. So I, I really wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you. The most important thing in life will always be the people in this room. Right here, right now. Salute me, familia. Thank you again to Justin, Sung, Jordana, and Helen. Like, what a way for us to celebrate the world finally getting their eyeballs on F9. It was so fun to have Justin, Sung, and Jordana back for a binge round two. And like we've said over and over, we can't believe we now can report that Helen yeah. Mirren was on our podcast. Like what, like that, honestly, that might be like my new, like hinge or bubble <laughs> bio. Like, I don't know. Like that might, Helen Mirren was on my podcast. Like, I, I'm just saying, if, if you see that uh, on the web, that's, I, I warned you that, yeah. that I, might, I might do that. And we got to delight her, which was really nice by calling uh, the character Queenie, which she revealed that she made up basically. <laughs> so. Oh, that was a great little tidbit. Like, you know, if only her aunt knew, you know, could know that she essentially was yeah. in a Fast and Furious movie. Like, you know, what what a legacy. What a legacy right there. Um, and now to our legacy, the the Fast Awards. You know, uh, we're the only people brave enough to give Fast and Furious the awards they deserve. So it's time to do it for this for F9. Chanel, let's get started. As always, and for the final time for now, um, we start with... Who earned our respect? As Brian said, way back in Fast 1, if I win, I take the money and the respect. To some people, that's more important. He eventually won, won Dom's respect. So for F9, we got to decide who wins ours. Who are you going with there? It's a, uh, man, it's a lot. I mean, it could have been some people on this podcast. I mean, Justin Lin already had our respect, but like, right? to, like you said, there's so much that he had to pull together for this one. So that's impressive. But I think the big three I was looking at were John Cena, like just an impossible yep. mission, like stepping into this, mm -hmm. like as Dom's brother, like that's insane. And we talked, obviously we talked a lot about that with him uh, on the last episode. Statham. Yeah. We haven't really talked about, I mean, we talked about Statham in the interviews, but you know, Statham, just the fact that he came back to be a part of this and yep. knowing that it's like, oh, like this probably won't be that great for Shaw. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, he probably recognized that like people probably have, no one's turned on Jason Statham. Everyone loves Jason Statham. He's a great guy. Like he's, you know, has fun with every, with all the movies he does. But like the character of Shaw, I feel like people were kind of like, oh, wait, this guy, they're like, they started remembering that he killed Han and probably yeah. like looking at him with another bit of a side eye. So for him to come back, maybe get some redemption for that character themselves. We'll see what comes next. Um, but then the last one, and I think this is where you're leaning and, mm -hmm. and I'm not, I'm not against that is Vinny Bennett. And you might be like, who's Vinny Bennett? Well, He's the actor, which I think Australian actor? Yes. Uh, yeah, who plays uh, Dom, like, you know, in the flashbacks, uh, Teen Dom. And wow, what a what a spitting image. Like, I know, Chanel, I feel like right after the movie, right, you were like, wait, did they, like, did he actually pull that off or did they yeah. use some of it? Like, you were fascinated by it that. It was mind-blowing to me uh, that he sounded so much like Vin Diesel and, like, the cadence of his voice just got, like, the whole flavor of Dom 
really right, which is so difficult. Like this is a character who is iconic, who people have a lot of feelings about, who people are used to seeing only portrayed really by Vin Diesel. So to have to step in and have so many scenes where you have to embody Dom Toretto um, and to pull it off so much so that he really, I truly, I think I asked Justin even, I was like, did y'all blend their voices because it sounds like you did? And he said, no, he said, Vinny just pulled it off, kind of blew everybody away on set too, which is, um, which is amazing. So all, all credit to him, all the respect. I can't wait to see him in more stuff just to see how different he is <laughs> from this role too. I should correct, important correction. Apparently it's from New Zealand. So I don't oh, want, you know, sorry, I don't want, sorry. I don't want any, uh, Kiwis coming at us. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like we needed to get that straight. So Vinny Bennett. A New Zealand product. Uh, yeah, I can't, again, I just said the expectations and the, you know, for someone like Cena walking in, but like even more so, I would argue it's like not on the surface because we didn't know going in that we would get someone playing a young Dom. Right. But, and I couldn't believe how much they actually used him, like mm-hmm. and then how much they kept going back to those flashbacks. And I wonder if they were kind of like, oh, these, these guys are so good, both yeah. him and Finn Cole as, as young Jacob. They were like, okay, we, we got this. We like somehow got, you know, magic in a bottle and let's mm-hmm. keep using more and more of this where you could have easily, maybe they would have, if it didn't go as well, they could have been like, all right, let's like, True. uh, slam on the brakes and pull the, you know, ejecto cito <laughs> yeah. and, uh, stop, uh, doing, uh, these flashbacks so much. But no, like on the shoulders of specifically Vinny and, you know, uh, Finn as well. They, they pulled it off. So, yeah, I, th- I think Vinny's the right pick for, for earning our respect. Yeah, I mean, he gets to open the movie, basically, and close it, you know, with the flashback to, to him and Finn Cole doing that last scene between Dom and Jake, which is an honor. I think you're right. Like, there's probably a universe where there's a version of this movie with way fewer flashbacks because they just, like, left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> but no, they wanted to use all of it because they're so good. Yeah. The next one up. Quote of the week, which this one, we're just going to be honest, there's not as many options. Not because there's not great quotes in the movie, but ordinarily we're sitting here at home getting a rewatching these movies before recording and we're typing away. You know, I have like 30 pages of notes on the first eight movies and you can write down every funny line. F9, I, my notebook, no one, <laughs> I, I'm the only, I can barely read my notebook. No one else would be able to read what I wrote down in that dark theater uh, the first time we saw this movie. So, I think we got two real, we have two quotes that we actually know, like definitely happened and we know the wording. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one would be, uh, Michael Rooker, who was involved both in the flashbacks and the present storyline, uh, storyline as, as Buddy, kind of, uh, he was what we'd say the crew chief probably for the, yeah. for the Toretto family. Um, so he says what about, uh, about Jacob, he says the worst thing you can do to a Toretto is take away his family, which spot on. You're, yep. you're not wrong, buddy. You're mm-hmm. not wrong. Um, but my pick and not just my pick for this, I literally was like, when I saw this, I, I, you know, humble brag, but I'm in charge of the sound bites page in, uh, in the pages of EW. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm getting this in this, this is going in. (laughs) So we had a auto, which auto probably won't come up a lot on this podcast. I'm just, I'm just going to put that up front. Um, but him and Cypher or, you know, Cypher's in her Hannibal box. Um, just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Charlize, man, I just killing it. I thought, Char- I think that that's one of the notes that I could read mm-hmm. in my notebook was Charlize is effing killing it. Like yeah. that's, I, I definitely wrote that down, which, uh, I don't think I needed that to write that down, but like, it's I, I guess I also needed to as well. <laughs> um, but she says, she tells him, cause he's, he's saying he's, he's, uh, comparing himself to Luke Skywalker. Like right. he's no villain. He's a hero. And she says, she says, you're Yoda. He says, Yoda? Nah. The little green guy? Nah. Ah, shit. I'll take it because he's a powerful Jedi, right? She says, no. Yoda's a puppet. 
with someone's hand up his ass. And I, I didn't deliver that as incredibly as Charlize did, but she nailed it. And she just like played it with such a B movie type of gusto mm-hmm. that I just loved it. And I think that that would be my personal pick. Like I said, when I eventually get to watch this movie from my home and, and you know, write down more stuff, then maybe there's another one. But that's the one that kind of stuck out yeah. top of mind. I, I think you're right, though. I think also the second time that I saw it, which was in a theater with other people, uh, that was the line that got sort of the biggest laugh, I think. Like, there's plenty of things that are funny in this movie, but that's like the moment. And and Charlize, who could not have been on set for more than like three days, but um, gets to deliver this line that just has everybody sort of like so giddy, so entertained. Um, I'm, I, I support this very much. Although I also just realized a shout out to Otto because he does have that one moment at the white party where he talks about like the bomb dental plan that they, that he has. <laughs> that was good too. <laughs> that was, that was funny. That was funny. Um, no, he said it was funny. I think we talked about on the fast eight episode where we're like, man, so impressive. Like how many days combined did Helen Mirren, Kurt Russell and Charlize work? Like yeah. I was so impressed. They managed to, to do work even less on this movie. It probably, <laughs> yeah. it probably get paid even more. So like, God, what <laughs> legends? Kurt Russell, Charlize Theron, Helen Mirren. We just love to see it. We yeah, love it so much. Absolutely. Uh, Chanel, what's up next? All right. So really difficult for this one. Um, we have to decide which Oscar should F9 be nominated for. Part of me goes to, you just mentioned watching it a second time with an audience. Mm-hmm. And that was the same for me when I watched it the, the second time. And man, just the, it felt so good to be back in an actual like packed theater. Yeah. At least what was legally allowed to be considered packed. <laughs> right. And, you know, there being an energy, you know what I mean? Like, uh, laughing together, like you said, at, at the Yoda line, mm-hmm. cheering, um, gasping. Yeah. That, like, that's what the theater experience is like, is supposed to be. And that's why we go to the theaters. Yep. And I actually talked to Vin about this for our digital cover story. Cause I talked to him like the day after I think I saw it the second time. And I was like, I can go see, no offense to like Oscar contendering movies, but like I can watch most of those at home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm happy to still, I want them to exist. I'll happen. I'll pay my money from home to contribute. But like we go to the movies for films like F9. Yep. So now this is back helping ushering in the return of movie theaters. I mean, I just, the Save Hollywood Award. I don't know. I, I made that up. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't exist. But like after nine movies and what they're hopefully, I mean, this movie's already made 300 million overseas when mm-hmm. we're recording this. So it probably, probably will have passed that by then. Mm-hmm. And this will definitely, Quiet Place made a big impact upon its release recently. But I mean, F9 is going to break the record for, you know, pandemic era, you know, yeah. opening. Uh, hopefully we can stop using that terminology pandemic, you know, right, fingers yeah. crossed. We could just say biggest opening in like two years. We don't have to add the pandemic part to it. Um, <laughs> right. so I, I, so my mind went there, but then at the same time, I also said, you know what? Fuck it. Best picture. We mm-hmm. get 10 nominees now. F9, put it in best picture. I, I'm, I, I'm saying it. I think it's earned it. Um, I, th- I think especially like considering everything, all the challenges of Hollywood, all it's doing to get people interested in movies again in a really big way. Um, come on. Like, how do you, it's like basically if you're not going to give it the lifetime achievement award that we were talking about with like Fate of the Furious, uh, you got to reward F9 for being truly a picture that has people so excited to be in movie theaters again. It's going to save the movie theater industry <laughs> um, in its own way. So uh, best picture for sure. And also, I mean, there's so much talk around the Oscars. The ratings just continue to drop and drop and drop, you know, record lows every year. 
this year even more so. When I know every live event is is dropping ratings, uh, but I don't know, maybe get some films that you know have make a billion dollars, and you might get a few more eyeballs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I mean, and, and Justin Lin, the man behind the unimpeachable Fast Five. Yes. Declared that he thinks F9 is the best Fast film. So if he thinks he made a film better than Fast Five, then that movie itself should deserves Oscar <laughs> nomination. Yeah, yeah. At least the nomination. Uh, absolutely. Next up, the We Hungry moment of the week. We don't do it every week because, you know, sometimes, especially with Han gone, there wasn't as much snacking. Yeah. You know, that's just, we had to bring it back in honor of him. Mm-hmm. And yet, somehow, he doesn't win this award because... Tyrese, the man who gave us the, the, the titular We Hungry in the We Hungry <laughs> Moment of the Week award said how hungry he was again. We, yeah. It came back, right? Like it, he, that's the, that's the guaranteed winner. Sorry, Han, you never stood a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we see Han eating still, which is really nice. Love that carry through. But yeah, I, I feel like in a movie packed with like references and callbacks, like even being able to include something that's like that small, but iconic and so a part of the Romy character. It was great. It warms my heart. And it comes after a bit, basically, where you get to like laugh at his expense a little bit, too. So it's kind of perfect. Everything rolled into one. That was a good double punch. So like I said, we didn't need to go deep on that one. We just He deserved that shout out, Roman and Tyrese. Um, now, next up, biggest heat check. Mm-hmm. And this, Chanel, this might be the most stacked category we've ever had in our, in our entire run. Our lengthy month run. Yeah. Month plus run. <laughs> uh, there are three heavy hitters who all would win under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing normal about F9. So in the ultimate battle of epic plot lines, we've got Space, Han back again, and the existence of Jacob. I, I don't even know where to start here. So I, I'm, not just, I'm just passing the buck, essentially. I'm like, <laughs> Chanel... Run with the ball. Where, where, what direction do you want to go here? Because these are all heat checks. Gosh, that's so, so, so difficult. Okay, so uh, I think Jacob would get it if that was like the only big twist of this movie. So great thing. But, you know, you have Han back, which, you know, beloved character, a lot of expectations around has a, how that was going to happen. If I had to choose one, and I refuse to choose one, I agree that all three like deserve equal weight. But if I had to choose one, I would be tempted to give it to space because it's the kind of thing, especially after it leaked, that this was something that they were going to do in this movie that could have backfired completely. But I think it really works in the context of the movie. It's fun. It's like they're very clearly aware that it's a little bit over the top, but in a way that's like not because they aren't in on the joke or anything like that. Like they know, like we have to keep pushing it. Let's go to space. Even the characters in the movie, it's kind of meta. They're like, okay, we're, we're talking about space. Like that's insane. But then they do it and they pull it off and it really works, I think. So if I was going to have to choose one, it would be that one. But you can't really choose one. Yeah, you really can't. And I love, you know, um, me and you were talking about this ahead of time. You brought up uh, a quote that I got from from John Cena in um, in my digital cover story where he talks about, you know, Fast kind of takes the unrealistic and makes it commonplace. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, N- a film could try to do what Fast does, but it, but they haven't earned that. And as he said, it's kind of like the audience is kind of given a wink at the screen to be like, okay, like, of course you guys are to do that, mm-hmm. you know, as permission. And, you know, Fast, you know, is, is winking back as, as a thank you. Um, and that's really what all of these are. I mean, space, the fans essentially have been, it's been the joke, right? And people have been calling for that for a while. Han obviously was the fans pushing for that and, yep. and you know, uh, tweeting justice for Han, talking about justice for Han. Um, the existence of Jacob was just, you know, Justin Lin, you know, his own original idea. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just perfect that they're all three in the same movie. Like that, <laughs> yeah. any other any other film in any other franchise would maybe try one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but, to to do this, and then also at the same time, like try to ground the movie in all these emotional flashbacks, like being able to pull off all of that is nuts <laughs> to me in the best way. Yeah, I, as I said, kind of earlier on the on the uh, flashbacks, I remember just sitting there in the theater watching it for the first time. And they would go but I got that it was just a one-off flashback at the beginning. Yeah, me too. But they kept going back to those. So, like, again, uh, tip of our hat to Justin Lin because yeah. the fact that he – in his return, like, he never thought he was going to do another Fast movie. And he's back and he piles all of these things into one movie and it works. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't know what other franchise could do that. I don't know what other director could. So, um Respect for all the heat checks. I love a good heat check. Yeah. I, I, I specialize in heat checks when I play basketball. <laughs> if I've made two in a row, I'm chucking it from anywhere I want to. So well done, Justin Lin. Uh, Chanel, what's up next? All right. Uh, pretty special one. This is a movie packed with cameos. So the why is this person in this movie award? There, I mean, there are a bunch of cameos, but I feel like there's one clear one that we have to bring up that is a lot of fun, but also so random. And that is Cardi B. Cardi B with her one scene. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, again, a refresher. This award, I'm never saying I, I with this award, we're not saying we don't want this person in the movie or that they shouldn't be in the movie. We're just like, this is random as hell that they're in this movie. That's really <laughs> yeah. what we like to get to with this one. Um, so you know, I hope I haven't been getting any Scott Eastwood hate mail uh after <laughs> Fate of the Furious. Um, yeah, with this one, it's Cardi B. Like, that's the winner. I mean, that's the winner. Like, uh, it's even like I still don't understand fully what her connection was. Definitely says she's Queenie. She works for Queenie. Yeah. It, it seems. And I feel like there was supposed to be more that. I feel like she filmed more than just that one mm-hmm. little bit in the truck with Vin. And that's that's the impression I had got I had got just I feel like when it was first announced she was in it and her and Vin posting like content mm-hmm. from the set. I would love to see if there was more that they just didn't have time for. It turned out because there's so much in this movie and and even like you know Vin has the line where he calls her Carlos's little sister, who I'm sure is a character that we've seen before, but is not a character that we would necessarily have immediate name recognition for. So I'm like, what's going on here? And even still, Carlos's little sister, how does that get to the Queenie connection? I have so many questions <laughs> about who Cardi B is supposed to be <laughs> in this movie. She's a lot of fun in her couple of lines, like full of energy. I think she sort of did the same thing with her small role in Hustlers, where she just got like a a magnetism, same as her music, but that comes across on screen too. But still, I I would love to know more about what's going on there. Yeah, there's a... I think that was just the thing where Vin's like, I'd be fun if Cardi B was in this movie. Or like, they were like... (laughs) Or maybe Vin was trying to get her for like a a feature on on his next track. And like, that was like the best way to do it. So (laughs) good good for everyone involved, you know? But uh, that's... It had to be Cardi B. It couldn't be anybody else. Next up, the holy shit moment of the week. And and like Cardi B won in a landslide on the last one, this one is no question. Literally, I yelled, oh shit, <laughs> at this moment. And it's the post credit scene. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a lot with, with Justin and with Sung, but I was literally halfway out of my seat. I was like, oh, there might be like something like, you know, I don't know. Like, let's just hang for a second. And... We, I immediately knew it was shot. I mm-hmm. was like, you could just tell, like, you know, when he's uh, beating up that bag, that he drops the hoodie, <laughs> and it's him. I, you know, obviously, we don't know the context of what's going on with that guy that's inside the punching bag that right. is serving as the punching bag, essentially. <laughs> and but then when that knock on the door happens, 
I still felt like, oh, I don't know. Man, yeah. what could it be? And then he opens that door and it's just sung. Han, just standing there. I literally, I like I said, I yelled, oh shit. And then cut to black. <laughs> and I, I was like, I, I, as we told Justin after we reported that we saw the first, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I felt like I was wandering around the universe a lot as we walked out of that screening. <laughs> like, I was like, what do I do with my life now? I have to wait until like fast 10. I know. Or, or like years for this. Like, that's what you're leaving me on. I mean, and, but that's a sign of a great, you know, stinger, mm-hmm. a great ending. Right. So that, that had to be it for me. Oh, absolutely. I, Completely agree, hundred percent. It's the it's that moment that you really want. I mean, we talked with Vin, and he talks about like sort of that wow moment in movies, and this one has a ton of them. And then they managed to somehow, after all of this craziness we've just seen, end on this like cliffhanger that's so perfect and takes it to a next level emotionally. Because now my it's now my anticipation is so high for what's coming next. Um, I we try to talk to it. Uh, speak to it a little bit with Sung too about like how he was feeling about that where he sees this character going it sounded like Justin Lin has plenty in store for where this character could go after talking to him so uh clearly they're already thinking about what's next and how it pans out and maybe even beyond just like the initial justice and what that means and I am so excited (laughs) I cannot wait I might have to get a pre-write going for them announcing like a Tokyo Drift 2.0 please like (laughs) Because, I mean, it feels like there's so much, like, as we talked about with Justin a lot, and we, as we just said, and with Sung brought it up too, there's only so much you can do in these movies because there's so much that has to be done, Mm -hmm. right? They could even, they couldn't fully even dive into Justice for Han because it's like, I wouldn't be doing that topic well by just like, you know, trying to rush it. And then also there's so much else to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, maybe we don't have to wait for a fast head, even though I guess they're kind of working they're moving pretty fast on fast 10 and, and jumping into that come january according to to vin but i don't know i'm wondering if maybe that we get some uh shaw and han resolution before that in maybe a little smaller form i mean i would love to see a you know tokyo drip you know you don't have to spend 300 million dollars or whatever they did on an f9 you know we can yeah. go back to a little bit smaller level and have something really special so i i mean that's what Sung even said to us, I think, during uh, the Fast 6 episode, where he was saying that he would love to get back to just, like, smaller, like, you know, the, the car stuff that the people who really sort of initially boosted this franchise and its popularity, like, I think that would be perfect for them. And also, I mean, not that they have to do TV, but we've already seen that it could work <laughs> thanks to um, everything happening with Marvel and whatnot. So, a lot of opportunity, and it sounds like they have enough material. <laughs> Absolutely. Um bringing Han back was not a mistake, but that leads us in the Ja Rule mistake of the week. And (laughs) I hate to say it, Ja Rule, two-time winner of this because, I mean, I don't know, just the president of Bow Wow is Twinkie. Like, it shows it's possible for you to be gone for 15 years from the franchise Mm -hmm. and still return. (laughs) Now, a little bit different circumstances. I doubt Bow Wow ever turned down coming back. The offer just probably had never been there. Mm -hmm. But... Ja Rule, obviously, the the reason we have this category (laughs) is because after having a small role in the first one, he turned down what essentially would have been Ludacris's spot in Too Fast. So yeah, Ja Rule, I hate to like keep keep reopening the wound, but it just felt like the the presence of of Bow Wow Mm -hmm. just reminded me 
And it felt like it kind of just had to be said again. I, I I hate, even though if I hate to do it, I, Ja Rule, the first uh, parental advisory CD my parents ever let me purchase was a Ja Rule album. So <laughs> yeah. I, I've been there a long time with you, bro. So I'm, I'm not even trying to be a jerk. But it's a super fair point because, I mean, seeing what this franchise turned into and all of these people who get to come back and feel welcomed and you're excited to see them, even if they do have just a couple scenes, uh, every every person that I recognized that showed up, I was smiling about. And so to know that, like, as Ja, like, you could have been part of this and, and you just don't and it's because of a decision you made, you know, 20 years ago, it's pretty rough. <laughs> it's pretty rough. When you put it like that, now I do feel bad about bringing it back up. Now, now it's, I'm, I'm sorry, Ja. I'm sorry. I wish it was just. I wish it was just between me and you. Great reference. I right, just made. Right. Go, go, go look up the the classic of Ja Rule and Christina Milian. I just name checked. Uh, anyways, last category. As always, we know winning's winning. So for this one, who was the ultimate winner of F9, Chanel? I think you could be tempted to say Sung Kang slash Han because of the reintroduction to the franchise that actually super works and was difficult to pull off. But they do in a way that's like very intriguing and surprising. Um, but actually, I'm going to pivot slightly and say for me, it's the fans and specifically the Justice for Han campaign. Like this is the kind of thing that a studio, the writers, like none of them had to really pay attention to. Like they could have had their vision and it didn't include bringing back Han or anything like that. But they knew what people, you know, they paid attention to pe what people wanted. And now after talking to everybody, we kind of know that that's something that they're always really interested in. It's kind of what drove Letty coming back too. But with this one, it feels even more amazing because this is a character who of course died way back in Tokyo Drift and now like has managed to live on just because people love him so much. So credit to all of us. <laughs> we did a great job. <laughs> I'm 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 patting myself on the back right now. <laughs> yeah. Um I think you're right because this is we, this has come up a lot like no fan could have imagined that calling for justice for Han or tweeting about justice for Han would actually end in Han returning. Yeah. Like I don't think any of us actually knew what that would entail like mm -hmm. what did justice actually mean and these are something we've talked a lot about with with sung with justin and i feel like justin going in he didn't think it was going to include so yep. you know he's even said it took like a real breakthrough mm -hmm. moment for him to be like okay i feel like i can make it work mm -hmm. and he did and they're going to continue making it work as as we've talked about and as you know came up with in our interviews so i think you're dead right and also Fans just in general. So we wanted we wanted Justin for Han. We got Han back. Yes. We wanted space. We got space. <laughs> yeah. We wanted this movie that we waited an extra 15 months or so for. Mm -hmm. We got this movie. How did we not win? Yeah. All we do is win with F9, to quote the great DJ Khaled. Or, right. <laughs> like, uh, so I think you're you're dead on. Like, you know, the both the Justice for Han campaign and just uh, us fast fans in general. Like, we we won, yep. like, uh, and I'm. I mean, we won, Chanel. We won. We did. We got F nine gave us a podcast <laughs> to yeah. talk about Fast and Furious, not just with each other that we would have been doing anyways, just in person or not. Well, I guess not in person over Slack, <laughs> right? But uh, we got to have the whole family, yeah, the whole family, yeah, on to talk fast, and that leads me into my to the last actual award, the biggest question left award. And my, it's what do we do now, Chanel? Like. <laughs> What we got, as I said, we might have to wait like two plus years. 
for the next Fast movie. We're gonna have to make some stuff up. If they if they release more spinoffs, we'll cover those. They, you know, any offshoot series they want to release, we'll we'll be there. Uh, I don't know, just popping in to do random fast trivia quizzes, whatever. Just a, an excuse to talk about these movies is what I need because I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do now. This has been so huge and like such a fun thing to do and the kind of thing that like me when I was a little kid like first watching those films could not have fathomed a because podcasts weren't as big of a thing back then also but still (laughs) um, allowing for that just like the idea that I could talk to all of the people who have created this franchise that I love so much um, amazing I don't know what I'm gonna do probably uh, re-listen to my own episodes and (laughs) bask in the victory You're better than me. I can't listen to him. I, I, I hate listening to myself. So I, I tell you just you do that, and then you like message me how great how great we were on <laughs> yeah. that. Um, no, but you're spot on. This to me, this is like the dream. I've been joking like that. I can retire after this. Like what? Like where? What can I do that's going to top a Fast and Furious podcast with the likes of Vin Diesel, Ludacris, Sung Kang, Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez, everybody? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's Things like that are why we do what we do. Yep. Like, and I couldn't even, like you said, I couldn't even imagine that that was something that was possible. As I think I said on the first episode, like five years ago, when I first started at EW and we were kind of dipping our toe into these binge podcasts, I like had an, I drafted an email somewhere (laughs) where I was like, what if we did a Fast and Furious podcast? And like, I had just started and I was an intern actually. And I was like, oh, no one's gonna, I didn't even send it. Cause I was like, no <laughs> one's gonna like, let me do this. Like why, you know, one's gonna listen. Like, who's this kid? Like, what does he want to do? A Fast and Furious podcast. But fast forward five years and we did it. Mm-hmm. We did a Fast and Furious podcast. And I couldn't have imagined having more fun on this ride and just, you know, really enjoying it. I mean, I guess I could have, if they would have been, if the interviews would have happened in person, yeah. like they were supposed to, and or even our conversations for these intros and outros would have been in person. I guess that would have been the only way this could have gone off better. Yeah. But we pivoted, we made it work. And, you know, thank you people, everyone for listening. Thank you, Chanel, for, you know, being my partner in this. Like I said, I, it's, it's, it's a joke at the top, right? When I list all the names <laughs> that you are to me, but like, really, like we did this together and it was so much fun. And I'm, and I'm, you know, you guys love the franchise as much as me. So it's, you know, it was fun to geek out on it with you. And I don't know, this is, I'm, I'm, I might get, I'm getting emotional. I'm getting sentimental. <laughs> like this is just like the, you know, gig of a lifetime to be able to ho- the host of this show. So uh, just thanks to everyone that touched it in any way. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to everybody. Like we've, I've gotten some messages from people who are listening. I know like we've both been tagged and things about like stuff people want us to talk about. It's been really cool. Like we're just two huge fans. Part of the reason I took the job here at Entertainment Weekly was because I was like, well, I get to cover fast content. And uh, my boss was like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so um, it, it's a dream come true. And it's cool to share that with people too. I still, I, Chanel, I remember your first day at EW in the morning <laughs> meeting. I think you were like uh, saying, you know, doing your introductions, always awkward. You're like, they're like, oh, what do you like? And I remember you mentioned Fast and Furious. And I think everyone was like pointing at me or like everyone was like basically like, Derek, another, you know, like it was all like, oh, there's another one. Like, and they were like, you know, directing you towards me, basically like that. That's your guy over there. So <laughs> right. uh, that's all the time we have today. Thanks again, Justin Lin, Sung King, Jordana Brewster, Helen Mirren. If you stuck with us this long, then like Brian O'Connor, I have to imagine we did earn your respect. <laughs> uh, so from the bottom of our hearts, again, thank you for listening to EW's binge of the Fast Saga. 
It's been a dream. And until we see you again, salute me, podcast familia. Please subscribe and listen along wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, tell us what you think, share it with your friends and family. You can find us on Twitter at Derek J. Lawrence or me at Chanel Berlin. Also head to EW.com for complete coverage of the Fast Saga and full episode transcripts. This episode was hosted and produced by Derek Lawrence and Chanel Berlin Johnson, produced, edited, and mixed by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Carly Usden and Shana Naomi Krokmal. Thanks for listening, and until next time, salute me podcast familia.